average 47,000 jobs in a single day. Over 17 million a year and over 1 billion in a lifetime. That's, That's hundreds of millions of questions, questions in your mind. mind. Of those questions, of these those three questions, now. Three 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 now. Who am I? Why am I here? Where do we come from? These three questions led to an even bigger question. These three questions lead to an even bigger question. These three questions led to an even bigger question. A question that answers all questions. A question that answers all questions. All questions. Do we know Do we know The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He taught and he dies. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a well-trained of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is vastness. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his word is lighter. I wish I could describe him for you. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. Get him off of your head. You can't 
Father, Lord, we just thank you flow through me, that I would just step out of the way and let the Holy Spirit take over. Father God, also I pray for Jeff and Connie as they're away, Lord. I pray that your anointing would be on them and bring them back safe. And also, Lord, I thank to take this moment to pray for Sandy and Jean. Lord, that your healing hand would be upon them, Lord, as they're, they're just under such attack with their health, Lord. You know all circumstances there, Lord. I would pray, Lord, that you give the physicians wisdom and guidance, Lord. And, Lord, that you would show your face through each and everything that they're going through. I pray right now where they're at right now at home, Lord. I pray, that, Lord, that you would just touch them and heal them, Lord. Let your anointing fall fresh on them, Lord. In your precious name, amen. I see that video and I get excited. And you're not in the high school group where we are, but, you know, the youth, that's our next generation. And the thing is, is they are fired up. Are we all fired up? Because God has a calling for all of us, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. The Great Commission. A lot of us have heard it. A lot of us know it. But the problem is that sometimes we get so laxed in what we're doing that we don't hear from God because we're doing all the talking and God's trying to get our attention. But like myself, sometimes I pray, I say amen, I run out the door and I'm done. But I don't give God that time to talk to me. And when I watch that video, it gets me excited. It gets me excited because that is the king that we serve. And as we go through the list that is in your hands right now, hopefully you have it still. None of you have made paper airplanes or thrown them around or anything like that. But you're going to see 101 names listed there, and I know there's more. But the thing is, we have to recognize the king that we serve. And what are we doing with him? In Jeremiah 10, 6, it says, Lord, there is no one like you, for you are great, and your name is full of power. You know, on Sunday in, in our high school group, we talked about the message of prayer and how we're supposed to pray. And that we acknowledge who we're praying to. God gave us a perfect design of a prayer. On how we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to acknowledge who we're praying to and the power of God. But if we look at our list there, I'm going to run out of breath so you hear me. <gasps> but let's go through them. Advocate, Almighty, Alpha, Amen, Angel of the Lord, Anointed One, Apostle, Author and Perfecter of our faith, Beginning, Bishop of Souls, Branch, Bread of Life, Bridge, Bridegroom, I'm sorry, Carpenter, Chief, Shepherd, the Christ, Comforter, Consolation of Israel, Cornerstone, Dayspring, Daystar, Deliverer, Desire of Nations, Emmanuel, End, Father, Faithful and True Witness, First Fruits, Foundation, Fountain, Friend of Sinners, Gate for the Sheep, Gift of God, God, Glory of God, Good Shepherd, Governor, Great Shepherd, Guide, Head of the church, high priest, holy one of Israel, horn of salvation, I am, Jehovah, Jesus, king of Israel, king of kings, lamb of God, last Adam, light of the world, line of the tribe of Judah, Lord of lords, master, mediator, Messiah, mighty God, morning star, Nazarene, Omega, Passover lamb, physician, priest, Prince of Peace, Prophet, Purifier, Rabbi, Ransom, Redeemer, 
refiner, refuge, resurrection, righteousness, rock, root of David, rose of Sharon, ruler of God's creation, sacrifice, savior, second Adam, seed of Abraham, seed of David, servant, shepherd, Shiloh, son of David, son of God, son of man, son of Mary, son of the most high, stone, son of righteousness, teacher, truth, way, wonderful counselor, word, and vine. 101 names that all fit the glory of God. The one that is sufficient through all through creation and the earth. Every one of those names is a perfect fit for all of us. Each one applies to a different Jesus we need in our lives at different times. A teacher. Just a few that really stands out is Almighty. In Revelations 1, 8 it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord. Who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. See, the name of our youth group is relevant because it's a relevant message for today. Today's culture. He's the same today as he was then and for our future. This speaks of his power from the beginning to the end, the creator and the destroyer. He has control of both. Bread of life. John 6.35 And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Bread of life means bread which provides life. Jesus is man's necessary food. And once someone is in the right relationship with Jesus, he finds a sanctification which is everlasting and not temporary. See, the thing is, bread of life, it's all that we need. We think that we need all these things in life, and it's all we need is Him. He is the bread. He is everything that we need. If we hunger and thirst after Him, that's all we need. That is all we need in our lives. And so many times, we don't give Him all of us. We only give Him a little bit of us. Excuse me. Light of the world. In John 8.12 it says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He is the light. We live up here in the mountains, and you know, we look down and we see all those beautiful lights down there. And when I first moved to the mountains, that was the hardest thing for me to understand is how dark it was. When the lights go out, it's pitch black. So the first thing a flat or a tourist, or someone from down there. Um, I, I'm trying to train myself because I think Flatlander offends a lot of the people that do come up. No? Not you, Namir. Nothing offends you, brother. But, um, you know, so I say tourist because, you know, I find it, it's offensive, the ones I've seen. But anyway, when I moved up here, I had to put this great big light up because it was so dark. You know, you couldn't find anything. And, and the whole town rolls up at 8 o'clock. That was hard for me to understand. So the thing is, we understand that we're supposed to be a light, but that's not the light that he's talking about. If we were to turn out all the lights in this room and we had just one little candle, it would be sufficient to get everybody out of here. Once our eyes adjusted to it. 
But he's talking about a light and darkness. You know, you know that we do the breakfast club at MPH. And I just talked to someone today about it. And they go, really, you can hold a Christian club on a public school on the campus in the cafeteria? That's unheard of. 25 years it's been going on. And it's been a privilege to be a part of it for nine years. And I look out and I see so many of the high schoolers that we loaded you all up in my car and we went over there. And it's a blessing. But it's a light on that campus that we have 60 youth that show up. And maybe they're just there for a donut. Well, it starts there. You know, the thing is, we don't want fat sheep. Meaning, kids that grew up in a house, a Christian home, and they know about the Bible all through their life. They've been to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, and everything. But what about the lost sheep? See, we need to go out and get the lost sheep. And that's, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. The lost sheep are the ones that need salvation. And we get sometimes so comfortable in our little cocoon or our room or whatever. Granted, it's, it's scary walking down the corridor at MPH with all those teenagers screaming and running through and stuff. But it's so rewarding. When you can touch someone's heart, if it's just one, out of those 60 for the whole year, only one comes to know the Lord, we did our job. Who cares how much the donuts cost? Who cares how many they eat? They fight for them. It's good stuff. (laughs) But you know the thing is, is it's a new year. January is almost over. And some of us make goals for the new year and stuff. And then we... Blow the goals. Well, that's okay. We got next year. Gyms focus on that. They really want you to come in and join the membership. And they say within a month and a half, no one shows up anymore. And you got a year contract. It's beautiful. And it automatically rolls over. You don't know that. So you don't cancel it. So they just keep on taking your money. We met with the high school last week. And it was all the youth pastors. And this is by no means tooting anybody's horn. But... For this new year, for me, my goal is to reach as many as I can. Just be willing. God has a sense of humor. If he can use a knucklehead like me, he can use you beautiful people all day long. But we met with, there was eight of us, with the Christian club at high school. And we stood up front and we said, here we are. What do you need? What does it take to get these youth in? They meet in a room. It's four, room, four walls. The door is open for a little bit and then the door closes. That's not very inviting, is it? We have to think outside of the box. You know, every one of us have family and friends that need to know the Lord. But do we share them? If we see this video and we see how big God is, and He's the King of Kings, and He's all these things, 101 names, what are we doing with them? Are we using that ability? Do we share you know, God gives us ordained appointments every day. Divine appointments, I call them. Right, Rick? Yeah, divine appointments. Meaning that God puts people on our path and we choose to either talk to them or we don't. Some of us are like, no, no, no. You know, we got a couple of high schoolers that, you know, they just mellow and keep to themselves. That's cool. But when it gets down to it, sharing Christ, they're all for it. That was just a few of them tonight that read Scripture. They didn't hesitate. They didn't hesitate one bit. Yeah, I'll do it. I'm up for it. Are you sure? Yeah. 
This Saturday we go to the senior home again. What a blessing. Third time. And I, I hope it never ends. I hope it never ends. Jessica, don't let it end, okay? Until Jesus comes back. You know, Richard Jr. there, I'm not you know, trying to take any of his glory, but he delivers an awesome message just because God's asked him to do it. There's no perfect way. I'm not perfect. Me standing right here is not perfect. It's not perfect for me, and I can't do it perfect. And Jeff would say the same thing. We just share what's on our heart. And the thing is, light of the world. It says Jesus is the light, not merely a light or another light among many lights. He is the only light that matters. The true light for the whole world. When Jesus said, whoever follows me, he meant whoever. Sometimes we get caught up, oh, that person there? Nah, nah, nah. He's beyond saving. People said that about me when I was a kid. Took me a long time, but, you know, praise God, I'm here. And I'm not dead. We're doing stupid things out there. I still do stupid stuff. I had a phone call today before church. And I don't know the details, so I, I won't go in. But there's this group of ministry that reach out to mafia gang members. And there was a guy that was on death row four times. He didn't say how many he murdered. But Jesus got a hold of him. In prison. Four times death row? Come on. How does anybody get out of it one time? Unless God has a plan for him. And he's been leading a ministry for 26 years now. Faithful. Sharing his testimony and fired up for the Lord. Tell you straight out, if he knows how to kill, I want him on my side. You know what I mean? I want him on my side. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter our, our, our past. It doesn't matter where we came from. It doesn't matter our color. Whosoever means whosoever. And it doesn't matter if, you know, what, what we came out of. It doesn't matter. Jesus was speaking salvation when he was talking to them. Lamb of God, John 1.29. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John, the beloved one. The one that says, you, you should be baptizing me. John identified Jesus as the Lamb of God, the sacrifice of our sins, perfect without blemish, the Son of God. In 1 Peter 1.19 it says, But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. See, God knew that we're a fallen nation. And there was only one way that we were going to get it right. And that was by His Son dying on the cross for us. Shedding His blood for us. Even though we were His enemy. We were against Him. We were just living a life. And God loves us that much. That much. So what are we doing with Him? What are we doing with our King? Are we sharing Him with others? Are we speaking to others? What does it really mean to us? 
That's only a question you can answer. See, we know what Jesus is about. That's why we're here. And I would take it for granted that everybody has a relationship with the Savior, Jesus Christ. But what are we doing? Are we putting God in a box? And we only pull them out when we need them or when we want them? Or are we sharing them with others? Yeah, it's kind of hard. You know, we can do crazy stuff. A joke in our um, family is, uh, I love that commercial, or that football player standing at the deli line. Whoa! I get some cold cuts, you know? I'm like, I'm going to do that at Stater Brothers so bad. And I don't care who's looking at me. A lot of you know me. You know I'll do it. I'm going to do it. She won't let me go to the grocery store now. I can't wait. But the question is, will we do that and share our faith and not care? I'm willing to make me look like a stupid idiot in the middle of a grocery store where half of the town will probably be there, and I don't care. Or Super Bowls this week end, you know, and we got our teams. If your team didn't make it, I have no control over that. But the bottom line is, I picked the opposite of what everybody else is saying. If you want the page, I'm Seahawks. Yeah. A rivalry. But we will stand up. We'll cheer our teams on no problem. Danny's in basketball right now. We've got three emails on how parents are supposed to have proper conduct when you're cheering on your kids. Don't coach from the sidelines and don't say anything. Really? Is that a problem? It is. (laughs) It really is. It's like I need to sit on the other side there because I don't want no part of that. But will we do that for Christ? See, like I tell our youth, when we stand before God, their friends that made them feel weak, intimidated, their peers make fun of them, when they stand before God, are their friends there? Absolutely not. It's, it's us. We're standing before God and we're being judged. It doesn't matter what our friends say. It doesn't matter what this person over here says. If we've proclaimed the name of Jesus, they're watching us anyway. So why don't we give them a show in Jesus' name? Let's show them what we're about. The Great Commission. We are charged with a command. And that's to go out and make disciples. But do they become disciples right away? No, it's evangelism. It's, it's speaking to them. And just sharing love. Sometimes you don't even have to say Jesus' name at first. Just show them that you're different. Because we are supposed to be. We are different. We're supposed to be an example of Christ. Jesus went amongst people. He didn't stay in one place and they all came to Him. He went out. He was busy. In Matthew 28, 18, 20, if you want to turn there, great. Give me a moment to drink some water. Matthew chapter 28, 18 and 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven 
and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now, he says, go out in all the nations. doesn't say just go to Running Springs. Stater Brothers, Costco, Sam's Club. That's it. All the nations. Everywhere we go, we should be taking Jesus with us. We should make a statement of our faith. You know, Church of the Woods has a, a sign at the edge of their parking lot. And it says, the mission field starts here. And it's true. To be honest, the mission field starts here. Because you know what? We're not all healthy. We're not perfect. See, the church is called a hospital. Because we all have healings. We have things in our lives that we need to give over to God. We have things that we're dealing with right now that maybe is keeping us from that commission that God has called us to be and do. Only you know that. But it's it's a hospital for a reason. And every one of us is different. Everyone comes from a different aspect in their life. I dealt with certain things and maybe you dealt with other things. Or maybe you don't deal with anything and you're great. Maybe you shouldn't be here then. (laughs) Because none of us are perfect. And see, that's the beauty that we can come in fellowship. But the mission field should start here. You know, we have awesome teachers teaching your youth. And we need servants. We need help. That's where the mission field starts. And sometimes we get so caught up in, I can't do that. I can't. I, I... I'm not good enough in the Bible. I can't teach that. Well, you know what? There's curriculum that takes care of that. That makes it easy. You know what? To help out with coffee or whatever out there, you don't have to preach to anybody. Just a servant. Loving the Lord. You know, I remember Jeff saying that with Chuck Smith, you could always see how much of a servant he was. Even in his 80s, he would still pick up trash in the parking lot of the church if he saw it. That is a humble man. That is a humble servant. That's someone that at no cost will do whatever he has to do. And look at the legacies left behind. Such an example. Jesus spoke to them claiming all authority in heaven on earth. He can do that, can he? All the authority. The power had been given to Jesus by the Father, and now he was instructing the disciples to go on the basis of his authority. See, the thing is, sometimes we get caught up in, I can't do that. You're right, we can't. Me standing right here, I can't do this. God can do it through me. Will will it be perfect? No. You might not even know if it's perfect or not. But... It's not by our strength. It's not by our own doing. If we're out sharing God's love, He goes before us. Well, what am I going to say to them? What am I going to do? I don't know what's going on in their life. It doesn't matter. You know, a lot of times when someone asks me to pray for them, I don't want the details. Because, you know, I don't need to know them. 
God knows. I'm just supposed to pray. And I was talking to Ruthie. Thank God that, you know, she is keeping us updated with Sandy and Jean. But I told her, I said, I'm just going to pray for God's will to be done because I don't know the specifics. He does. And sometimes we get caught up in, I don't know what to say. Good. Don't say anything because you're going to blow it. Let God do it. Let Him take over. And sometimes it's just a hug. It's, it's just, hey, Jesus loves you. Or maybe a phone call. Hey, I'm just thinking about you, okay? That was easy. Step of faith. And sometimes, it's kind of like when you miss church one Sunday. And oh man, that was terrible. That was like the second Sunday. Oh yeah, you know, that was pretty bad. And it gets easier and easier and easier. And next thing you know, month, two months go by and you're like, whoa, I haven't been in fellowship. No wonder all these things are happening in my life. We need to be in fellowship. And the thing is, if we take that step of faith and try it, it gets easier and easier. And then all of a sudden God says, I'm going to stretch your tent a little bit. And then he gives you a bigger challenge. But that's how we grow. I don't think anybody in here is still in kindergarten. If you are, hey, you're still having fun and taking naps, okay? But the thing is, we grow. Each thing's a season in our lives. And we'll go through circumstances in our life and we'll grow from them. And we'll move farther and farther. If we're not being stretched, we're not growing. And if you're not under attack, you need to evaluate your walk. Because if we're not a threat to Satan, he's not going to attack you. And see, the thing is, is, as Christians, we are supposed to be out there in the battlefields sharing Christ with somebody. Their field was to include all nations, not just Israel. They were to make disciples by proclaiming the truth concerning Jesus. Their hearers were to be evangelized and then enlisted as Jesus' followers. Those who believed were baptized in the water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It has to start somewhere. It has to start with us. Somehow, someway, sharing God. And sometimes it is just our actions. You know, maybe you have a neighbor next door and, man, you just don't get along with them. Show them love and kindness. We had a neighbor. Well, they're still there. And I have never really ever talked to this person. For some reason, they don't like us. And I don't know what we did. Sometimes we just are treated different because we proclaim the name of Jesus. But that's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with people knowing I'm a Christian. Am I going to blow it? Yes, I'm going to blow it. But when I blow it, how do I recover from it? That is the main thing. Because a lot of times, we just keep blowing it, we keep blowing it, and we just separate ourselves from Jesus. We separate us from that relationship. It's when we turn to Him and repent. Now we're constantly talking about in our class, sorry and repent is two different things. It's like if I kept hitting you and I kept saying sorry and I kept on doing it, sorry don't mean nothing. You're going to pop me back. 
But the thing is, if we repent, it's turning from it and running the other way. Repent is truly in your heart you feel bad about putting a tear in Jesus' eye, letting him down. The fear of letting him down. We repent, we turn from it, and through God, His strength, hopefully we don't fall into that trap again. The youth are more, can be used more than us as adults. They're at school. They can reach people we can't even begin to reach. When I walked onto the high school campus, I'm like, whoa. It's been a long time since I've been to high school. Corridor is still the same. It was crazy. The only thing that saved me was the youth that came from Breakfast Club or came from here, and they're doing high fives. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then they leave. Ooh. Back into my little room there. It's scary out there. But see, the youth, the youth that are sitting here now, high school, junior high, even the little kids. I watched a video on Facebook. This girl was 10 years old. And she sang like a mockingbird. She was beautiful. Sharing her faith in that. I'm like, how come I couldn't have done that at 10? Because I'm me and she's her. I had to go through the bumps, the bulge, everything. The scars, the scabs. See, God had his hand on me. So many times, I should have died. I was stupid. Motorcycle, whatever. Just crazy. But he had a calling on my life. And it's not over. It's not over. You know, some of you met my little uncle. I say little uncle because he's very short. And you know what? I shared that today with the breakfast club because there's a little guy there named Chad. Not you, Chad. But Chad. And he's a very small, petite guy. And he is always the butt end of everybody's joke. They're always teasing and picking on them. And I said, enough is enough. And I shared the story about my little uncle. And he knows I call him little, so he's not offended by no means. Seriously, he's about this tall. And through my childhood, there was physical child abuse and verbal. But that's what made me who I am today. And that's what gave me the love for the youth. But he was always my mentor. He prayed for me every day. He was like my saving grace. And it meant so much to me for him to see what God's done in my life now. When I was ordained, he was here. He came up when I... It's just amazing. And we cry. We weep together. Just the difference in our lives. And he still is a prayer warrior. I wished I prayed like him. And I'd have all... I'd be in shorts because my knees would be out of my pants all the time. He just prays and prays and prays. It doesn't matter the size of us. It doesn't matter who we are. It's the heart. It's the having the heart right. In 1 Timothy 4.12, it says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, spirit, faith, and purity. You know, relevant high school group here at Calvary Chapel, Ryan Springs, I am so blessed to be a part of it. Because you know what? When we go to that senior home and we see all those fruits I just said pour out of them like water, it is amazing. It is amazing. 
Micah, stay awake. <laughs> it's an honor to be a part of them. But see, the thing is, it doesn't matter how old we are. The youth are in the battlefields. Being on that campus and looking around what they deal with, reading about what they deal with, what I did in high school and what they do, hmm, big difference. I was a saint compared to what they have to deal with. And that's my heart's desire. For this year, I want to reach as many people as God will let me. That's my calling. I have to do that. To be honest, it's everybody's calling in here. Whether you work with somebody, you see them at the grocery store, we take it for granted. We know our family and friends need the Lord, but what about the people that we don't even know their names? Do we need to know their names before we talk to them? Now, me... I forget names. Numbers, I can do it. Phone numbers, man, I got it. But names, I'm like, ah, man, who? Yeah, you know. You know, you just kind of play it off. But it doesn't matter if we know their names. It doesn't matter who we run into. If it's a divine appointment, God's already there with you. And I don't want to leave that leaf unturned. I don't want to not take that opportunity to reach the ones. In my past... Those ones I didn't talk to died without knowing Jesus. I don't want, I don't want that anymore in my life. I, I don't want someone I know not have that opportunity. Because you know what? In my heart, I can't forgive myself. I can't. The entire ministry of Jesus was among the people. In Matthew 4.23 it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Jesus was visiting them. He was going out into the people. He wasn't staying in his cozy little room. He wasn't staying in his cozy little spot because he had no place. He didn't have a place called home. He lived on the road. But he went to the people. The entire ministry was visiting people. Throughout his entire ministry, Jesus never left the opportunity to impact a person's life. Pass by without talking, taking advantage of it. We see here that in this scripture passage, that his ministry was among the people. He went out among the people. Where he was did not matter. Who he has, who he was, and at the time did not matter. What people thought did not matter. Whether his actions were popular did not matter. All those things that didn't matter that we get caught up in, we get, we get stuck in it. Well, what are they going to think about me? Jesus freak. Bring it. Bring it. But there's times that we can say bring it, and then there's other times, no. And when we say no, that's when we are the weakest, but that's when we should be the boldest. That's when we should be prayed up and ready. The only thing that mattered to Jesus was the person or group of people he was ministering to at that time. Not his cares, not his thoughts, but exactly who he's ministering to. And that's all he cared about. Sometimes we ask somebody, how was your day? 
And you can't wait for them to finish so you can just, this is not my day. Went, ah! Or, how was your weekend? Well, it was kind of boring. Well, I went here and I did this. and Jesus didn't do any of that. It was like all about who he was ministering to. Sometimes we just need to speak less and listen to who we're talking to. It's easy to be the one that carries on the conversation. It's hard to be the listener. And you know what? When we're a listener, we have shoulders to cry on. i got big shoulders. Some of you can't reach them, but I'll stoop down. But the thing is, we're supposed to listen. Slow to speak. God gave us one mouth, two ears. There's a reason for that. We'd look pretty funny with two mouths and one ear. But we're supposed to listen. We're supposed to listen to other people's concerns. Granted, sometimes you come across people that all they do is complain. Turn it around to a positive. You don't think people came up to Jesus and complained? That's all they did. And they tried to trap him. Each of us are surrounded by people each and every day of our lives. Family, friends, and those who simply stand off. I like the ones that stand off. They're a challenge. Ron. (laughs) Right? Jessica knows who I'm talking to. But yeah, a challenge. Take on a challenge. Take a challenge with your life and say, this neighbor next door. I'm going to show that person love. Maybe they like some of your great fudge, Jay. (laughs) We have the ability to share God's love in many different ways. When When we go to surf camp and that, we have people that give out of their heart to send someone to camp. And God puts on our heart who gets that sponsorship. But in return... We show the youth that we return that favor and we go and clean up their yard or whatever. Poor Barbara, Barbara, man, she was such an awesome lady and still is. She's in heaven now just looking down with her funny jokes. But, man, we would go over and clean her house, her yard. And then one year she says, no, I don't want you to touch my yard. Take care of the guy's house next door. Because he had cancer and he couldn't come up. And the youth went over there and cleaned their yard. The guy came up and he says, my yard has never, ever looked that good. And the thing is, we weren't doing it for him. We weren't doing it for Barbara. We were doing it for the Lord. Everything we do should be to the Lord. And when we take our eyes off of ourselves, looking in the mirror, and we say, Lord, I'm going out there in victory, and I'm going to proclaim the name of Jesus. I'm going to share your love. And what you do from it there, that's your doing. We're just supposed to throw the seeds out there. Throw a little fertilizer on it. But if anybody in here has led someone to Christ, you didn't do it. You didn't do it. Jesus did it. Do you? And you are willing. We should be praying every day, Lord, use me somehow, some way. Give me a divine appointment. And give me the strength to follow through with it. We are aware of our family and friends, but we may not be aware of the observers. However, the observers are definitely aware of you. 
You know, we got those Jesus stickers on our car. And we come flying up the mountain, cut them off. Oh, that Jesus freak. Ah, look at him. He's not saved. I'm saved, but I'm in a hurry. I've got to get home. I'm guilty. I've done that. I'm sorry. When I first moved up here, it's like, you pass everybody, and then you get behind another slow car. And then the person you passed and cut off, now he's on your tail. It's road rage. It's not worth it. Put another praise CD in or put in another message from Jeff and kick back and relax and get up the mountain. Both of you arrive safe. We do stupid stuff like that. In the grocery store, I'm going to get over this one. And you got like this huge cart and you just, this little lady behind you has one, one thing. And you're like, <laughs> I got to get home. You guys laugh, but I'm sure we're guilty of that. I'm sorry, she already started bringing up my stuff. I would have uh, more gladly to... Never mind. We can't do that. Once we proclaim that we're Christians, they watch us. When we go through circumstances and trials, they watch you to see how you're going to get through it. Oh, where's your God now? Well, dude, buckle up and watch what my God's going to do in my life. Because I'm ready. And God loves me, He loves you, and He'll do the same in your life if you let Him. Live by example. It's the, it's the loudest voice you have. If you're living for Christ, we have to show it. Just like that last song, man. That was just so awesome. You know, Terry doesn't know what I'm speaking on tonight, but God puts all together. He knows. Will we hold His hand? Will we let Him take charge of our lives? Will we be used? The youth don't know what their calling is yet. But then some do. And they're using it to their fullest ability. But if they don't know what their calling is, be open. Be open to what the Lord's going to do for you. Right? You can be an awesome football player, but maybe that's not your calling. Right now it is. Whatever the Lord has for you, whether you're youth or adults, God's going to put something in front of you. He moves us around. He puts us in places where He can use us. We have a responsibility to the people we come in contact with. Get that? We have a responsibility. If we proclaim Jesus, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to this church, as a church family. You know, when someone's sick, they're on the prayer chain. We lift them up in prayer. There's power in prayer. If someone is unable to have meals, you know, Rhonda heads up the meals for everybody. And we deliver meals. That's showing some love. We help people move. We help people find things. Families go without. We feed them. That's what we're supposed to do. Without stopping or ceasing. We're supposed to do it all the time. Every day we should be ready to go to battle for Christ. Some people associate Christianity with a particular place like church. Or an activity like a Bible study or like tonight. 
a group of people, youth group, certain time, Sundays. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That's all it is. Just church on Sunday. Super Bowl's on. It's at 3 o'clock, man. Get your body in the church. You know? We can use any kind of excuse not to do the will of God. We can find anything in our life that will take the place of God, if we allow it. It can be sports, it can be activities, it could be, well, you know, I haven't been on vacation for such a long time. Okay, if you're faithful, I understand that. And we need breaks, just like Jeff. You know, praise God. I'd like to see what that house looks like. Jeff Dorman, I'm sure he has a pretty cool place. Maybe Jeff will show us pictures. Christianity is more than a place or a series of activities. True Christianity should be a lifestyle. Each and everything we do should be a lifestyle. Life changing. Thank God I'm not the way I was years ago. But man, God's not done with me. Thank goodness. I've got a long way to go. But the thing is, I'm willing. Sometimes I wrestle with them. Sometimes he laughs at me. Says, no, this way. No, my way. But the end, do we let him win? My life has not always been reflected around the truth. I remember being in youth, and I've shared my testimony. I go, went to church to horse play around. It was in an older age that God got a hold of me. And I wish it would have been sooner. But God knew exactly when I was going to let him win. I got tired of wrestling. I got tired of falling flat on my face. But now I want to go forward. I want to grab Jesus' hand and I want to be used. I don't want to look back. You know, it blows me away is when you talk to someone and they talk about their past. And they talk about it like they miss it. There's not a conversion there. There's not a true commitment. You have not totally changed. You have not been born again. If you miss your past and it was not of God, that's not good. Because you'll go right back to that past constantly. We have to be totally changed from it. We've got to turn from it, repent. Not sorry, remember, I'm hitting you. I'm hitting you and I'm saying sorry. No, it's repent. Run from that lifestyle. I didn't do anything that was really bad. I didn't kill anybody. Or, but sin, sin. It doesn't matter if I partied. It didn't matter if I murdered. Sin, sin. And the beauty of it, Jesus cleanses it all. My heart's desire now is to draw near to my King and to be used in the fullest of my calling, reaching all that I can be without being afraid. That's where I'm at in my life right now. Where are you? What is it that you want God to do? As Christians, we must take advantage of every opportunity that arises. Jesus is coming. And it's soon. It is very, very soon. Who do you see that you don't want to leave behind? Who is it that you know that needs Jesus? Church, I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you to take up the, the gauntlet and run and take that challenge.
Make disciples of everybody that you come in contact with. Share your faith. Will you let Him do whatever He wants in your life tonight? Will you make that commitment tonight that you'll let Him do whatever He wants to do through you? Will we stand in His way or will we be willing and allow Him to take over? Sometimes we only want to give Him half of us. I'm going to hold on to this. Dan needs this. and You can have this, God. He wants all of us. He would rather have us cold or hot, not lukewarm. As he says in Scripture, he'll spew you out of his mouth, lukewarm. I'm sorry. That's not for me. It's a fallen world out there, and it needs Jesus. And Jesus needs you. He needs you to be willing to be used. Are you satisfied, or do you want more in your life? See, we can get comfortable and just be satisfied. We can say, this is, this is good enough for me. This is my comfort zone. I challenge you to step out of that comfort zone. It's scary. Sometimes it hurts. But there's a reward in it. It's not your reward. It's His reward. Maybe you can't take that stand right now. Maybe something is hindering you with God right now. I'm going to have the worship team come up. I know they're back out there listening. And we're going to pray. And you know what? I'll be up here. If anybody wants to come up for prayer, maybe maybe something's going on and it's just keeping you from God using you to His fullest. Or just where you're at, pray. As we close with this song, I think they're coming. Tonight's the time. You know, this month is gone. 2015, we're used to writing it on a check now. But this month's gone. Let's do something. Let's do something for 2015. Let God use us. And let's share testimonies. Share our faith with others. Terry, you out there? (laughs) All right, here they are. (laughs) Oh, good. While they're getting their instruments, in Mark 1.15 it says, The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Maybe that's us right now. Maybe we have to say, God... Take this out of my life. Right now, do it. He needs you. And we need Him. Will you say today, come and do whatever you want in my life? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I I just thank You so much for the love that You give us, Lord. Yeah, we read 101 names that are given to You, Lord. But... Lord, You're the ruler of our lives. Without You, we can't do anything. Without You, there is no repentance of our sins. There's no eternity. There's no heaven. We don't see You face to face. 
I would pray, Lord, right now, if there's anybody here tonight that, Lord, you want to use, you'd raise them up. And Lord, if there's anybody that has something that's just interfering with what you want to do in their lives, Lord, I would pray, Father, right now, that you would have them, that you would speak to their hearts and they'd just confess it to you right now, Lord. As we close with this song, Lord, just speak to our hearts. Lord, let us hold your hands. Let you take over our lives and that we would get out of the way. In your precious name, amen.